0: Uncommon sense advice on your work life, your personal life, and God knows what else. Welcome to How To Do Life with Dr. Marty Nemco.
1: We live in an era in which we assume that much of what we hear is hype, bias, not just ads or what salespeople say, but in the media, especially social media. It's usually not out and out lies, it's it's spin, distortions of the truth statements out of context where they withhold evidence that might disagree with their position where somebody on the where for on the receiving end um, if we say something that is offensive they will cancel us usually what I call the three C's they will censure us censor us or cancel us ignoring the total person even if he did or she said something that was quote not appropriate many of us are conformists at heart and so it's easy for us to sacrifice what we internally believe in favor of what's going to please other people or at least avoid infuriating the mob so they do inflict on us one of the three C's censure censor or being canceled if only by being ghosted by your friends but if you're at all public being canceled by the mob or censored by uh, media who doesn't like what you have to say even though it may be worthy of consideration in what should be the free marketplace of ideas but unfortunately today I worry that uh, uh, the free market the marketplace is truncated uh, if it doesn't conform to the orthodoxy I like what George Orwell said about this he said if Liberty means anything at all it's the freedom to say things that people don't want to hear I'll say it again I love it if Liberty means anything at all it's the freedom to say things that people don't want to hear well is the right answer for me to exhort radical honesty well I think that's true more often than we think but not always so let's take them example by example it's certainly easy to agree with the idea that politicians should be radically more honest rather than saying one thing to audience A and another thing to audience B and whatever they say is usually the result of focus group testing to see what words will swing the swing voters you know and it's easy to say things during a campaign and then people have short memories and then they do what they want after they're elected so certainly if we do indeed extol this thing we call a democracy and allow people to be to to make unfettered choices unfettered by spin and bias certainly that we could do far worse than to urge politicians to be radically honest of course that's much less likely to happen because of our electoral system in which to get elected and stay elected you've got to run a four-year press to flesh campaign uh where it's all about making money more than about raising money for the fun, for their campaign than about saying the truth and winning votes and so from where I sit that means that the really good candidates or at least a lot of them won't run because who wants to what really worthy person wants to put up with that crap so maybe the real answer at least for politicians to encourage to if we were to hope to get radical honesty is that if we expect to get politicians who are more willing to be honest maybe we do need to have 100 percent publicly funded campaigns and that are very brief where just a couple of debates, maybe, and uh, then some neutral entity like Consumers Union, publishes their platform and their track record, their voting record, and uh, that gets publicized by the media. I think we would get more radical honesty that way. So it's easy to us uh, certainly to encourage radical honesty in politicians with some changes. Also, I do think I interviewed Steven Pinker recently. A wonderful guy who wrote a book. Uh, he's a Harvard professor wrote a book called Rationality he wishes that more scientists rather than lawyers were in government because at least in theory um, scientists are more apt to search for the truth than our lawyers that may be a little unfair but there's some, there's a, certainly more than a grain of truth in that where else can we feel pretty good about recommending uh, radical honesty in performance evaluations on the job so often employers are afraid of giving honest feedback for fear of a legal grievance for fear of simply getting pushed back nobody likes to say critical things uh fear of being accused of something uh being unfair for one reason or another but ultimately not only does the employee better served by your best case you're doing your best job of providing a fair-minded performance evaluation radically honest but the coworkers, the customers the, the 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 consumers of the yeah the consumers of the product that are getting made radical honesty is in my judgment unarguable uh even if you've got to take something of a hit maybe I'm wrong because uh, sometimes you give your radically honest and all it does is especially if it's in a workplace where you really can't get rid of somebody all that's going to do is make the person defensive try to sabotage you so maybe it isn't as black and white as I'm saying but as often as possible I think we should be far more honest in our performance evaluations that was one of the keys that made uh, jack welch the legendary ceo of ge general formerly general electric famous he w- he urged radical uh, uh honesty saying not everybody deserves to work at ge and we're going to have high standards and if you're not an a player we're going to give you honest feedback and give you a warning or two and then you're out of here that's why they call him neutron jack uh, the unhappy employees call them neutron the jack. At least, okay. Also, maybe less obvious, in the online evaluations, we we see it more. We see radical honesty there. But boy, we make so many of our buying decisions where for example, buying on Amazon uh, or going to Yelp, to Yelp.com, or Google reviews to uh, choose a restaurant or a, a product. That's we have a, almost a cosmic obligation as society to write reviews, but that are truly honest. You know really what are the good taking an extra moment to write what are the really true good things and bad things is a, i think it's a it's a wonderful act of citizenship okay another area where it, it would feel very wise to be radically honest and it's hard is with our physicians our counselors um you know it's very scary to tell a doctor about some symptom you have because God you know you feel oh then he or she is going to say well you need these tests and it could be you know some horrible disease or whatever so it's tempting to pull punches but generally if you trust your doctor at all it is of course wiser to make full disclosure it's you know it may well be fine but you have a better chance of catching some something early that maybe there's something could be done about it than to withhold and also you know being candid with with them about them you know if they're not good listeners for example say you know hey you're talking awful fast and I I I wish I could talk a little bit to explain my situation whether you're talking to a physician or a counselor that's great also certainly being as disclosing as you can be with a counselor is great because you know you may for example try to portray yourself as you know happier or healthier psychologically than you are but if you can reveal your real fears your real concerns what's really going on and what you're liking and not liking about the counselor in the end you're going to get a lot better help so radical honesty may well be a good idea there and something that I've I'm a career counselor and I have found again and again unfortunately that my weakest client my weakest job applicants are the most likely to not practice radical honesty they will exaggerate their accomplishments on their resume they'll create bs stories to tell in the uh, in the interview they may even use their friends as references you know make them lie and say that they were uh, they were the boss for the reasons i mentioned earlier uh, about performance evaluations radical honesty it, it seems to me is particularly it, it is not particularly it is a, uh, certainly appropriate when we're talking about uh, applying for a job not only is it fair to it first of all it's fair to yourself because if you're overstating i remember a client who said that she was uh she she really wanted to work for this this company it was called third age it was about for middle-aged women and she really wanted to work for them but the job opening was a technical job and she simply bs'd her way she exaggerated greatly her technical expertise and first of all she got the job but she screwed it up so badly that she got fired in three weeks so it screwed her because now she had to feel terrible about that and explain that away in future job interviews. It also screwed the company. The company had to suffer a great deal because of that and the customers of the company, the coworkers had to suffer. So, you know, everybody suffers when you're BSing. And also, of course, the competitors for the job, people who are applying for the job, who are on the merits more worthy are being denied if you're bsing your way in your applications or in your interviews. So radical honesty, in my honest judgment, is a wise thing to aspire to in applying for jobs. Also, applying to college or graduate school, you know, it makes me cringe when I see parents writing their kids' college essays. Not only is that completely dishonest, also by the way, when when job applicants hire a resume writer remember that employers use the resume not just as an index uh, as a reportage of their the, the applicant's work history but evidence of their ability to, to ability to write think organize and if somebody else is doing the writing thing organizing that candidate may get an interview one of those vaunted interview slots on completely false pretenses on pretenses that are no more valid than when a parent writes their child's college application essay not to mention when a parent does that for the child what kind of a lesson does that teach the kid a that the kid has no efficacy eff- efficacy that it's worth being dishonest to get into a more brand name college and denies the kid the opportunity it's a wonderful learning experience to write your college application essay because it's a chance to look inward and to come up with what really essentially is you because most of those college application questions come down to who are you really what a great opportunity for a kid same with applying for graduate school you know using canned essays or having somebody else write it for you a hired gun is unethical for all those reasons so i am a big fan of radical honesty yes in applying for jobs applying to college applying to graduate school but lest i be one-sided myself here i was extolling the marketplace of ideas and we don't want it truncated well there are limits even to radical honesty the overall principle that i want to mention is that the limits should be applied when you believe the risk of self-immolation of destroying yourself or hurting yourself much exceeds the chance of a positive outcome and uh, when I come back from the break I'm going to give some examples of when you might not want to practice radical honesty and then we'll talk about how you might uh how we might go about trying to get more people to be radically honest as appropriate stay with me I'll be back in a moment
0: you're listening to how to do life with career and personal coach Dr. Marty Nemco if you'd like to work with him email him a description of your situation mnemco at comcast.net that's m-n-e-m-k-o at comcast.net Marty is pleased if you choose to subscribe to this podcast if you're not listening to this on Simplecast, just go to how 2 lifesimplecast and click on listen and subscribe.
1: Okay, thank you for staying with me. We're talking now about radical honesty. We've talked about uh, opportunities when it seems like we underutilized opportunities for radical honesty. Now I want to talk about where there may be limits. For example, sometimes you don't want to be necessarily uh completely honest uh, there are white lie situations let's say if your romantic partner says does this make me look fat whether it be their outfit or their body you know it may you may want to be radically honest but tactful by the way being radically honest doesn't require you to be tactless so it could be saying you know we all could lose a few pounds but it's really up to you I'll love you either way um whatever you think well that kind of gives the subtly gives the point that you think the person is overweight and makes them whether they or their outfit makes them look fat but without but still exerting a reasonable amount of tact i also recall a situation in which a guy who had been having chemotherapy and he asks do i look gaunt and pale well the truth is he did look gaunt and pale but there was no upside no cosmic advantage nor advantage to him no advantage to anybody i mean am i telling him that the fact that he even asked makes him feel like he didn't want to feel that he was so I just simply briefly said no and changed the topic sometimes radical honesty is not appropriate and even if you're going to be radically honest as I said tact is certainly usually the wise thing to do when you're being radically honest let's talk about another area where radical honesty may not be appropriate and that is when you're cheating on a spouse it depends on the individuals if that person if in a cosmic sense the two of you are really meant to be together but the other person is going to potentially overreact and not realize for example that it isn't that it doesn't diminish your love for for your your spouse your other or your your otherwise monogamous partner you may want to withhold it on the other hand it may be the full disclosure is going to be in the best interest of her or him or you and etc that's so radical honesty is not an all or nothing it's situational and again no reason not to be tactful about it but you may not be anyway that may not be relevant there okay let's say you got a fatal diagnosis do you tell your loved ones well certainly there is an argument for being radically honest they have a right to know it helps them in their planning and their thinking they can be supportive of you etc but there's also with certain people whether in terms of your own values or or who they are you may not want to disclose that God forbid let's say you had to you got a diagnosis of advanced cancer that you might decide no I'm not going to let them know until I really have to know I don't want to burden with them in that I don't want them to tell I have to give them to keep a secret because I don't want it to be public they will get they will become a basket case there's no reason to make them do that so again radical honesty in that kind of a situation is not yes or no it's situational how about disagreeing with the boss depends how secure your job is otherwise depends on how foundational your disagreement is with them is it going to make that person be shattered or will it shake them to the core uh how much goodwill do you have in you know from that boss already to you how easily could you get another job how important is it for you to disagree will it really result in a you know better product better services better lives for people or is it fairly trivial and again tact can certainly be a part of radical honesty let's say you decide you want to be radically honest doesn't mean you need to embarrass him or her publicly in a, in a meeting you can do it privately and decide whether it should be done in person or by Skype or in an email another example of you know when it may or may not be appropriate is the dog ate my homework example now most of the times you want to usually if you've not done your homework you know why not fess up in fact the more I think about it you know why would you compromise your ethics and be a a dishonest person by lying saying oh uh I didn't realize you gave me that assignment or oh uh it's still at my home or oh I got sick or oh I take care of my grandmother I think there is an example of where radical honesty would be more appropriate even if you have to pay the price do you you know I I don't think you really want to want to feel like you're a BSer in the just merely because some homework or assignment wasn't done on time there's certainly something where you can't and again I like to try to be honest with you and not just say something that's uh that sounds pie in the sky as I'm sitting here in front of my webcam it's very difficult I'll say to say I'm going to be radically honest around the the third rail issues of today gender and race unless you're portraying a woman or a minority as either a hero or a victim if you're at all critical you have a great risk of paying a price and because there is a tidal wave of support for the idea the masses do agree that they want better treatment for women and minorities if you're critical of that tidal wave you're more likely to be a thimble being thrown up against that tidal wave and you are more likely to be drowned in the undertow so that is why you might not well, you may i'm not asking you to lie but it may be wise to be quiet and say as little as possible about that issue I had a brunch just today with a couple who's very liberal quote progressive in Berkeley California the epicenter of liberality and the husband is a runner and he he organizes running events and he occasionally gets people who look clearly like a guy but say I self-identify as a woman because he or whatever you want to call this non-binary person but he clearly gives every signs of being a guy my my friend said he just wants to get a trophy and he wants to compete in the women's category he's 6'2 he's big and he's muscular and, you know uh and and this guy's a super progressive liberal guy who votes liberal Democrat all the time and even a guy like him feels that's inappropriate yet he cannot speak about it because especially here in Berkeley he's going to get such a program he would get fired from his position or his leader and I don't even know if he gets paid but the mob would storm him out as you know being you know sexist I guess what it is or anti-transgender or whatever even though he's completely convinced that very rarely is this very very mannish looking man who wants to compete in the women's group really really a transgender person what are you going to do ask to see their their surgery done notification or their genitalia anyway or their hormone sample anyway another example of where it may be not so clear that radical honesty is right is whistleblowing it seems on the face because the media always portrays the heroic whistleblower but there is also a statistic I read a number of years ago that 95 percent of all whistleblowers suffer as a result they lose their job they lose their reputation etc so can I tell you to be radically honest should I tell you not to be no but it's clearly not an all or nothing always be a whistleblower you have to ask your conscience: how serious is the is the offense how much will you likely suffer how much can you afford to suffer so another gray area okay but let's assume and I do believe this that we certainly as a society and as individuals need more radical honesty in our world first of all as individuals try to stay conscious of the option to be radically honest and evaluate the risk reward in that situation what is the benefit of my being radically honest especially if I'm tactful what is the risk how likely is the risk how severe is what likely would occur to me would I be subject to the three C's would I be subject to censure how great censure would I be censored from my work would I be fired or today's world canceled as a listener we need to resist falling prey to the the often present clever lie or spin rather than the sober truth I like that phrase as we are listening or reading or watching TV listening to a politician listening to a friend listening to an activist listening to a fundraiser we need to resist falling prey to the clever lie or spin over the sober truth fundraisers make it really clear you know I see these guys and women with clipboards you know, they say do you support Native American rights well who could op- oppose Native American rights but that's clearly not the whole picture so another thing we might do so often we censor ourselves into agreement with the mob or at least we confine ourselves to the inoffensive to avoid the mob ganging up on us and again the mob is a, is a term yes I, I think that there is much of this ganging up mentality in the social media but the mob is—that's maybe a, a less inflammatory term—is, you know, your sphere of influence, your friends. The, we all tend to live in different ideological bubbles: liberal bubbles, conservative bubbles, religious bubbles, atheistic bubbles, intellectual bu- bubbles, social butterfly bubbles. We live in various bubbles. That intellectual bubble makes fun of pop culture. The f- more fun centric, loves pop culture. You know so be careful before we censor ourselves into agreement with the mob whether you call it the mob or you simply call it our uh, our sphere of influence our, our bubble so many people what they do is they 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 don't censor themselves completely they just make in inno- they say things in an inoffensive way but it's not really what they believe internally but they sanitize what they say because they're so they want to be a conformist they are so afraid of of alienating the mob including their friends a little parenthetical note don't mistake somebody being nice for somebody being good don't mistake nice for good don't mistake the polite for the true in fact many people use niceness to blind us to the lack of their fair-mindedness let alone their radical honesty we really do whether it be in the in the schools or in the colleges and journalism schools where they're training journalists we you know if there's one of the few time-honored pieces of wisdom that is in from where I sit unarguable and yet it is losing favor today it is the marketplace of ideas is something a term I've mentioned throughout this this talk especially if we value democracy the best solutions come from sunlight from the full and free exploration and debate of the marketplace idea not by censorship not by censoring not by canceling people and that needs to be suffused through the curriculum from kindergarten through graduate school the idea of radical honesty honoring the full marketplace of ideas not hiding information that isn't 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 the truth full disclosure where you're doubtful where you're sure what you why you can understand the other side speaking of the other side there's a term that uh the wonderful psychologist steven pinker cognitive scientist steven pinker from harvard uses he calls it my side bias we we all suffer from my side bias we are biased toward listening to what other people say that agrees with us and we we discard or censor or cancel that which is discordant with our views and he has a related point that i love a little bit a little bit tongue-in-cheek but i love it he says we got to be aware of our of bias, bias we believe that everybody else is biased except us but we all are and that of course includes me i also think that it would help this may sound shallow but i believe in it i think public service announcements which reach the general public urging radical honesty and of course it needs to be it can't be just lecturing people about it you know some of the most successful commercials are they're they're created by the leading influences mind influence and behavioral influence of our time they should be creating these public service announcements to encourage radical honesty as appropriate and certainly the the exploration of the marketplace for well-derived ideas i'm you know even i mean i'm a child of holocaust survivors and the last thing i'd want to do is support the nazis but i do think and this is how the aclu began to begin with was in support of, of the right of nazis to give their arguments but we all have the right to then fight them and counter and in the marketplace of the ideas, they will be, I believe, ridiculed more than if we try to censor them. And the side effect of censoring them may be yes, we may quell the Nazis today, but there'll be another group on the far left or on the far right or whatever that's going to take their place. I believe in the marketplace of ideas. If we believe in democracy, if we believe in intellectual exchange and not radicalized, emotion-driven activism, but clear-minded, clear-headed, thoughtfulness I believe the world gets better to the extent to which we generally encourage radical honesty I just at, j- at journalism schools I uh, remember in the old it wasn't so long ago that the journalists the journalism schools encouraged their journalism students to practice what I'm calling the Walter Cronkite school of uh, of journalism which is just present the information as fair-mindedly as you can sure we all have biases but as fair-mindedly as you can and then let the public decide but i did speak to somebody who is a, a heavy at a a major journalism school who now says that's now changed we say eh, bias is on, is is uh, impossible to, to control so use it for good activism i think that is terribly anti-democratic anti-intellectual and ultimately not in society's best interest journalism schools should be teaching radical honesty and fairness over virtue signaling or what they think journalists think is the right answer because especially journalists who have spent relatively little time in the real world and a lot of time in the academic bubble don't have a monopoly on wisdom for sure. And they need to avoid the hubris of thinking that they do. Parents have a role from early on teaching kids to think broadly and not narrowly and to be honest as much as possible, including about sex, drugs, and rock and roll if I you know my door da- if I let's say I smell marijuana in my daughter's room I wouldn't say stop that you can't do that I say let's sit down let's have a talk about it let's look at the pros and cons what do you think is wise for you that is going to both build a relationship with my daughter and make it much more likely that that she will come to me and she will she will develop that circumspect ecumenical wisdom of thinking broadly so parents have a role too in conclusion I want to say that radical honesty of course, is not always wise but it is underutilized and is a much better place to start our thinking about what the right thing to say and do and write than is the current which is manipulate others especially to something that to get them to believe my thing you know what I believe the the my side bias again I don't have the hubris to say I have all the answers but I can promise you this much that I've shared with you what I really believe is, is is wisest and I I don't perfectly practice it, but I aspired. I keep it in mind, and I try to be as fair-minded and as practice radical honesty as much as seems right in terms of, at the risk of sounding sanctimonious, cosmic justice. And with that, as I end every show, and to remind you that we—and it's particularly appropriate that, that my usual sound off is—we uh, find comfort among those who agree with us, growth among those who don't.
0: You've been listening to How to Do Life with Dr. Marty Nemco. For comments on the show or to consult with Dr. Marty Nemco, his email address is mnemko at comcast.net. Post-production of How to Do Life by Terry Rouse. Music by Blue Dot Session. Thanks for listening.